out there and welcome to the debut of the Adam Jones podcast, of course, presented by the Baltimore Banner, thebaltimorebanner.com. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's, of course, Adam Jones, or maybe it's one of these directions. <laughs> yeah. We are brought to you by our friends over at Jack Daniels. Yes, there's a lot of ways to make whiskey, folks, but there's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count, Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. Adam's already ready. Also, by Be More Around Town and BeMoreRoundTown.com, they have the ultimate pregame purple tailgate experience, whether it be for a Ravens home game like this Sunday against the Browns or when they travel to Tampa in a couple of weeks. BeMoreRoundTown.com is there. And by G-Leaf, medical marijuana dispensary. Hey, you play tennis like me, you want to cure the pain with the CBD, there's no better place than gleaf.com. Check out their free home delivery for orders of at least $100 or more. Uh, they have two locations, one in, one in Frederick, the other in Rockville, gleaf.com. Folks, some quick backgrounds about yours truly and Adam Jones. Uh, Adam, you want to start and just tell everyone about yourself or should they just flip over your baseball card? Well, that would be a lot quicker if they just Googled me. But no, Adam Jones, obviously... Uh, some people say I'm a Baltimore legend. I just say that I was a guy that came through there and uh, played his ass off, changed the culture a little bit, but just embraced the culture, embraced the city. And uh, obviously born and raised in San Diego, California. I love the warm weather, but uh, my heart, a lot of my heart is still in Baltimore. As my, as everyone knows, my extended family is there. So uh, I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to talk more about Baltimore sports. Obviously, you know, our, our crowd is Baltimore. So uh, it's great to officially just, you know, be back talking about them after, uh, you know, my playing career is done. So um, it's great to get back and, and get back on the saddle and, and talk sports. This is going to be awesome. And the third member will be along a little bit later. We call him the judge. He is Reggie Fugit. Uh, he is behind the scenes right now, our senior executive producer as well. Uh, I myself have been broadcasting in Baltimore before Adam got there. Uh, I'm a little bit older than Adam, if not a lot. Uh, so 30 plus years going back to everything from Cal's 2-1-3-1 to the Ravens Super Bowl wins, uh, most recently over at the Fan in Baltimore. But now doing this podcast and very happy that the Baltimore Banner and the BaltimoreBanner.com is all behind it. So let's get to it. Our opening segment for the birds. And we're talking about the Ravens, Adam. Let's discuss yep. what's coming up after really a bad loss to the Giants. We're starting to see a lot of the same things in terms of penalties. Uh, Lamar has been up and down right now. They are three and three. It is tied for first place in the AFC North. And mm -hmm. it will take on a divisional opponent in the Browns come Sunday. They're already 1-0 in the division but just one and two at home. So I think this is a pretty darn big game for this team, especially after a disheartening loss in New Jersey. I mean, incredibly big game. Um, they played, they played okay. Yeah, obviously they would, they would love to be four and two. You got to give the Giants some credit also. They are playing a lot better football. They're, they're doing what they, the Giants should do, run the ball. But, you know, I think the Ravens got to get back to that too. You know, I know Lamar is sitting in the pocket, throwing a little bit more, as you can see. Um, but you get, their offense is dynamic, and you have that man has to be put out and, and utilized. you got to utilize those legs. But, I mean, obviously his arm is great, too. Great arm talent that they never want to speak of. But um, big win this week. You need a big win because three and four is a lot different, and then, you know, you're setting yourself up with like everybody else. I think you can separate yourself this week, and, you know, you're at home. You know, the Browns, is, is they're not all that good. You know, it's going to be good weather in Baltimore, hopefully. 
So I just hope that the Ravens come out, punch them in the mouth, and get this win and, you know, focus on, on Thursday, next Thursday, because it's going to be a quick turnaround for them. Yeah, they have the Buccaneers after that. But with the Browns, no Deshaun Watson. He remains suspended. Jacoby Brissett is having his problems. The Browns have lost three straight. They got whipped by the Patriots last week. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is good a duo in the backfield they have in the NFL. Miles Garrett coming at Lamar. Denzel Ward in the secondary. They got some playmakers. Very true. The good news with the Ravens, though, is they're on the verge of having Gus Edwards back. It looks like Tyus Bowser is on his way back. It may not be for this week, but they are getting healthier, but they are missing Rashad Bateman right now, and that's one of Lamar's biggest weapons. Yeah, oh, I mean, the first couple games, you can just see the connection. Uh, you know, Bateman go up top. Obviously, you got Andrews coming under underneath. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to watch their offense. And like I said, when it comes to sports, injuries are so important. And obviously, there's always that next man, uh, next man up mentality, which you just have to have because, you know, some guy's going to get an opportunity. But when you lose your big guys, a lot of things get out of sync and get out of whack. So and when, when teams have injuries, you see how it affects everything. And it's going to be good to have him back, to have Bateman back. Uh, I'm waiting for Big Stanley to come back, uh, you know, and it's just it's like this is the part. This is, the, you know, the first half of the season is, is, almost, is almost reached and you've seen who is who, what's what, what's going to be. And then you get the second half, and that's when you really have to buckle down. Well, they have had their way with the Browns. John Harbaugh since yep. he took over this team, 23-5 and five against Cleveland. They split their two games last year. Remarkably, the, the game they won in Baltimore, Lamar threw four interceptions. They still oh, wow. were able to come out with the victory there. And we'll see what Cleveland's able to do without Deshaun Watson. But the Ravens can't afford to go one and three at home after these brutal collapses in the fourth quarter against both Miami and Buffalo, AJ. And to that, uh, everybody's 23 and five against the Browns. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Everybody is. I don't think it was a tweet that they had that it was a, since Twitter started in 06. They, it was the first time they could ever tweet we're one and oh, because they haven't had a win since 06 to start the season. So everybody just beats them down. But yeah, there's been some some fourth quarter collapses i mean you call it what it is um you have to give credit obviously you have to give credit to the other teams for putting that pressure on but when you know you you're up by 20 you can't relinquish that you have to you know buckle down and i think offensively to that you have to put the keep the you know the, the foot on the metal on the pedal because you know if you just start to slow down offensively then you know your defense is on the field a little bit more they might be a little bit more tired i think that you know i always say why do they why do they slow down now in college you know, you're going to see some 60-point games. Again, it's a little harder to score 60 in the NFL, but I don't know why teams don't try and score 35, you know, 40, 42. That's like – it's okay to beat somebody bad. I don't like – it's okay. In baseball, when they stop at 10 nothing, they don't be like, ah, let's just call it a game. No, nah, they try to score at 15. Well, that's one of the messages for the Ravens this week from their coaches, finish, because too many fourth-quarter collapses – uh, they also are not getting much production from the wide receiver core against the Giants, just five catches for 45 yards from that group. That's not good enough. But the penalties, uh, the drops, um, there's some other things going on in terms of turnovers. I don't know how much of that you can place on the coaching staff and how much long, you know, lies on the shoulders of the players. You as a former player know that. You know, if there's a screw-up in baseball, I don't know if always you can point to the manager if a guy misses a sign or – runs past a stop sign that's on the player facts big facts i mean buck would always say it's the like he never got mad at the physical part of it you know what i mean the physical part like you're gonna miss a ball you're gonna strike out you're gonna swing at this like that's physical 
but the mental side of it, that's why if you know him, he's always prepared. And the, the coaching staff is supposed to put you in the best position possible to succeed. After that, it's up to you. They call the play and then they sit there and they watch the play. They don't, you know, they can't, their days are over of, of being players. So it, the responsibility, once that play is in, the responsibility is when that, that 15 seconds goes off in that, in that uh, quarterback's head, it's up to you. When I get into the box, it's up to me. When, uh, at, when the basketball player is on the court, it's up to him. It's a timeout. That's the coach's opportunity to put them in a best situation for the next play that's about to happen. And um, personal responsibility. That's why I love sports, too, is because people take accountability. Um, it's like they dropped the ball. Hey, I dropped it. I'm, I mean, I wanted to catch it, obviously, but I dropped it. And when you have accountability from players, the fans love it. And they'd be like, look, it, I can ride with this dude. But the second you make excuses, uh, fans don't fans don't appreciate that because they didn't pay their hard on money. And they ain't trying to hear no damn excuses. Well, Sunday is going to be rocking downtown. Not only will the Ravens be taking on the Browns, uh, be more around town. will be there as well. But also, they're celebrating their 2012 Super Bowl team on Sunday, a team I covered to the very end, a team you followed and took along that journey with. Uh, we got a great pick, or at least I tried to arrange that great pick with uh, you and Michael Phelps <laughs> on the sideline. You went all the way to New Orleans with that team. To, that was Ray Lewis's last ride, and it turned out to be a joyous one. It was – that was amazing. And it was just – the 2012 season was great. I signed my long-term deal. Um, we got into the, the playoffs. I know we didn't, we didn't, we lost to the Yankees, but we got into the playoffs first time in what, 15 years. Yeah. Um, there was just buzz going around baseball and then going into the football season, like the Ravens had a great year. Uh, Joe, Joe going into his walk year and, you know, it was just great energy. And I remember we came back from a, we came back from the, the Yankee series and it was a playoff game against the Colts. And I'm like, ah, let's go to the game. And then I was in San Diego. I was like, they're in Denver. So me and my boy, we went to the game. And then we had a fan fest. And I'm like, I'm just, in, you know, obviously doing scheduling. And I'm like, dude, we can get, let's get a plane and let's go up to uh, Foxborough. And we did like six of us went up there. The Ravens were awesome the whole entire time uh, with getting us tickets. And we um, got up there and, you know, they won. And they was like, yeah, come down with us. And I'm like, Dude, got to go in the club, the, the locker room after the game. You know, I, I'm being an athlete myself. I get let them do celebrate, give them their distance because it's a big win. Uh, you're not supposed to win there at, in, in that in uh, January. You don't win in Foxborough. That's a really tough place. And it lost there the year before. Exactly. And oh yeah, the daughter Lee Evans. Oof, still, still Oof. got people. Still got people hot. Um, but then I went to the the Super Bowl, and that's the one where my wife was like, "I'm coming to this one." So she didn't want to do none of the hard leg work, sitting nine <laughs> degrees in. Uh, in Denver, she didn't want to sit in 35 degrees in Foxborough, but you go to the Superdome, have some beignets, and we had we had such a good time at the at the Super Bowl, and it was a great game. Obviously, the Ravens were able to pull that off, and um, it was for me being around Ray Lewis and obviously you know uh, knowing what he's done for the game of football and just obviously the talent that he is. I mean, the superstar. It was great to be around him. Uh, obviously, I'm good friends with Tory Smith, and just like just seeing these guys' journeys, man. Because on my side, I was excited that we got this far in the playoffs. And hopefully we're starting this new rebuild of, of talent. And we did. We had a five-year stretch. But, like, watching them, seeing that, that just like that dynasty, him, Ed Reed, uh, you know, like, it just, it was just, it was special to me. It was an amazing ride. And uh, we'll relive it and celebrate it this weekend. All right, to the Orioles. And our For the Birds conversation is brought to you by Be More Around Town. Again, they have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience. Every home game. Every away game for the Browns game Sunday, 
open bar, all-you-can-eat, mouth-watering barbecue. Oof. And also for the Ravens-Brown, they're going to feature a live concert from local band Bond and Bentley. Special guest Jacoby Jones celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Super Bowl forty-seven. And ain't no party like a Jacoby Jones party. I can attest to that. So be more around town, be more around town.com. Let them host you on the road or at home before every Ravens game to the Orioles. And the way the year concluded for this team, yeah. uh, very impressive. I, I don't know of many who had this team above 500 finishing in that fashion, especially after the way things transpired this year, Adam, with John Means going down early. Then they trade away Mancini and Lopez, and they continue to persevere and win. Remarkable season. It, it all started the day that they called up Adley Rushman. That, that, that day, it changed. I don't know who it changed, what it changed. It changed the, the mindset. I mean, you got he, he's a leader. It's, it's clear as day that he is a bona fide leader. And I just I, I enjoy watching him play. Like those are guys that you want to play with because you know what he's going to bring every day. You know he, he's a leader. Just simple as that. And that's a talent you really can't teach. So you know once they called him up, it solidified the back the catching. Um, you got then you just got a lot of other guys. You got Mullins, who's you know a little bit older than some of the guys. So him as being one of the older guys, Hayes being there for three or four years now. He's got some guys who are young, but still some older guys and still got something to prove. Every single day you watch the game, you can see that they're playing like, hey, I want to play because I want to play tomorrow. I could, so it's, it's, it's a sense of urgency, but also a, a sense of we're good. Also, we can play with these guys. Okay, we, like, when I got the first got to Baltimore, the Yankees-Red Sox was beating our brains in, but like the mentality of the guys was like, dang, the Yankees here. Like I'm a little timid of them. Like, why? Are you scared of Mariano for? I mean, he's going to get you out, but you ain't got to be scared to get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but you see that how they play the game, they play with their hair on fire. Um, so dynamic, you know, Mullins and Mateo, one and two in stolen bases. Um, they, they did all the things that if, I wish we had, we were doing back, back then. And they just play an exciting, dynamic game of baseball. Um, they're not the highest average hitting team, but average in baseball is not high anyway. But they create excitement. Um, I watched so many games, and the first six innings, you're like, ooh, ooh. Damn, that's some fun, funny-looking baseball. Them last well, nine outs, they don't, out. they don't give nine out. The last nine outs, they don't give those away. And coming out the bullpen, you got obviously. I mean, Lopez started it off, um, but Bautista coming out to Omar and just a lot of other guys. You got you got guys coming out that pen, and I can't name them all. You got guys coming out that pen throwing mid upper nineties with with something like Baker. I know that name. Um, you got because he came from Toronto and like coming up and into them dudes like. You have to have that. You have to have that in baseball. If you don't have that, like you, just, everybody knows you throw a hundred, but if it's just middle away all day, they're gonna jump on you. They turn that a fastball around like nothing. But you have to have a little bit of edge, and you see that. You know they got some effectively wild guys, and that right there can really help you out. And you see they were able to scratch out some games, get some really really good teams, and um, hopefully this off season they're able to improve their improve their roster a little bit. But at the same time, they're gonna have guys with a year of exp of um, uh, understanding in the major leagues how to get it done, and I just think that they can they 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 can be better next year because some teams are going to lose players. The Red Sox going to lose players. The Yankees going to lose players. The Orioles aren't going to really lose players. No, they won't. They have some great bargains going on right now on that team, and that's a big question that leads us into the next topic: the offseason priorities. 
I would think starting pitching is right up there, but will they be able to spend the money? There's some messy situations going on within the family and the ownership group. You still have the mass and lawsuit out there. I frankly am skeptical this team is going to be spending money and improving this team significantly dollars wise. Maybe they can make a deal. That's true. I mean, they're, they, they are going to be looking for a deal that that's just what it is. That's how, uh, payroll is going to have to work. Um, I don't know the books. I don't know how much money they are going to have available. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of a lot of lawsuits and the, the stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, Elias came out and said that you know he wants to spend this offseason, so it'd be great. The fans need it. I remember when we when we spent money, we got when we spent money on people didn't like it. I mean, it didn't like how it turned out. But when we spent money on Yabaldo and Cruz and uh, Cobb and like how they open up the books. Now all the deals they don't work out. All the deals don't work out. But it's it's still excitement from the fan base. It's like, hey, my ownership like wants to make the fan base happy by signing a guy and like making our team better. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But the excitement of of the chase is what I believe I believe the fans really really enjoy. So I hope that they're involved in a lot of conversations with guys. And um, I think you know I think a real good guy is bring it back is Lyles. Um, I mean he's he's not from the top you know ace on, on staffs. But the guy ate innings, almost to 180 innings. Like, like he coming off a couple bad years in Texas, like he ate innings, and yeah, I'm sure he taught those guys like just to persevere in this game. Like, uh, you can get these guys out. You can attack Aaron Judge. You don't have to be afraid of him because he's a big boy and trying to hit the ball outside the stadium. You still can, you know, compete at this level. And uh, it was just fun, obviously playing against him, but it was fun to see how he just led the staff over there with a lot of young guys and seeing Ruben at Odor. Um, talking to the Latin guys and, and like, I know he, I know he was in Mateo's ear trying to make him better, make him an aggressive player. And just like, look, if you get an opportunity to play, show that talent, you're going to play shortstop every single day. Cause you're a hell of a shortstop and you know, you can play this game. And uh, when you have veterans like that, that makes the game a little bit easier. It's still hard, but it makes it a tad bit easier. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's Adam Jones. You're listening and watching to the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore banner. All right, let's get to the uh, elephant in the room. It's over there. Uh, your departure from the Orioles franchise. You vetoed a trade to the Phillies back in September of 2018 because you, quote, wanted to maintain your stock into free agency. That team finished with just 43 wins. What's the real story behind all this? How long did this attempt to try and wheel and deal you to Philly go on for? And were there other teams? Take us behind the scenes, please. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I just remember um, – I remember Dan come bring me to the office and was like, yeah, you know, but it was like July 27th or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah the Phillies have interest. You have interest in – you know, Philly has interest in you. I'm like, okay. Um, my, my, my whole thing was why not come to me July, July – mid-June. You knew where the season was headed. July 1st. New, still newer season headed at the All Star break. Still can hey, look at if if there's interest, would you be willing to go? So that I can mentally prepare for that also. But if you're giving me four days to make a decision, like I'm like immediately I'm like guarded. Like no, like what what? Because you know I didn't understand. I, it's, it's my first time. I got traded when I was with obviously with uh, Seattle, but that's completely out of my control. This is my in my control. Mm-hmm. And um, so for the next few days, I was talking to Victorino heavily about it, like just texting back and forth, like, look, what's the what would be the plan if I was accepting trade over there? And he told me that the plan would be for me to platoon and write with uh, Nick Williams, who was obviously one of their top prospects. And I'm like, so get traded 
and go play, get traded and go to a new ballpark and then go play a different position. Right. And platoon. And I'm like, hell no. Like, it, But we talked for three days, over three days about it. And I'm like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, it For me, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to probably lose 100 at-bats. Um, so uh, I just – I talked to Buck about it and I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept it. And I, t- I remember, I remember vividly, I took a helicopter in from the Hamptons because we had an off day and I get to New York Yankee stadium. And I felt like Will Smith, when he walked in with like, everybody was gone. I knew Manny was, Manny was already gone two weeks prior. Then you got Scopo day, uh, Gosman just gone. And I'm just like, well, damn, this is, this is weird. And, but you know, I, I, and I look back on it and I'm like, I think it was for me, it was the right decision. Um, you know, in hindsight, I would, I would have loved to obviously stay and, you know, I've got a one year, $3 million deal with the Diamondbacks the year after, which I'm still wondering, like, how didn't I get a, a you know, maybe a two year deal? Like I, I proved that I was healthy. I played the most games in that entire decade. Um, but probably other stuff behind the scenes that, you know, people didn't like, but you know, just that whole thing. Uh, the fans really, some were behind me in, in, in it when I just was like, nah, it wasn't the best move for me. People were like, oh, you're, you're being selfish. You should you know, do what's best for the organization. I'm like, what? When was, when has a business ever done what's best for, for you? You uh, earned the right to veto. I, I earned the right. I earned the right to veto trade. It just wasn't a good trade for me. And you know, people's like, you should have done this and you could have, you know, got us back a prospect. You're getting back three fungos in a bag of, in a box of baseballs. I get anything for me. Okay. It's a salary dump. That's all it was. And I was like, no, I got the opportunity to be here. I'm going to finish my contract out. Our team sucks, but there's some guys who got some promise. We called up Mullins. You got, we called up Hayes. You got to see some guys just get an opportunity. And it was a good transition uh, to giving Mullins the power in center field. And um, it was just, I, I, I I got to do something on my own terms in sports and the 98% of the athletes don't ever get to do it. They always are, you know, if you're traded like Hosmer, Hosmer was like a week away from his 10, five, he traded him. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's things in this, in this game that you don't take for granted. And the 10, five, as you know, in baseball is the strongest weapon you can have. And once I got it, they knew that. And if they just came to me early, I think it could have been a completely different situation, and I probably would have left and probably would have accepted a trade if they, like, said, look, Adam's available. Um, and that would have been weird to go to another team, but um, that's how the sport works. But they gave me – they didn't give me enough time to, like, really process it. And then when I found out how it would be on the other side, I'm like, ah, there's, there's not that, – that, that didn't work for me. And then um, – so me personally, I have no animosity towards, towards the Orioles. Or, I mean, it, it's business. You know how I left. It's it's business, and in baseball, in sports, in life, not sometimes you agree with the business, sometimes you don't. Uh, but I'm never gonna badmouth an organization because they took a kid from South Southeast San Diego, and you know all the experiences that I have now is because of what. Uh, well, I worked my ass off for it, but the opportunity that the Angelos gave me. So it'd be it'd be moronic for me to ever. Be like, oh, bad mouth them, bad mouth that. No, they gave me an opportunity. They made me a, uh, they gave me a little bit of pocket change that I'm able to travel the world with my family. And you know, it, I got an opportunity. It was, it was a blessing. Now it was business, and you know, I think people just didn't like how I left because of the impact that I had and you know, the community on the field. Like it was just, it was a bit, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a big impact that I did have, and it was. You can definitely tell it was a void when I left. 
Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are wondering, and you sort of just explained it, the state of the relationship between you and the ball club right now, is there a relationship? I remember when they had the 30-year anniversary of Camden Yards this past season, an Orioles official came up to me and wanted me to know that they had extended an invite for you to attend that occasion. I don't know if it truly was extended or not. Maybe you can verify that and you know, dignify why you decided not to uh, attend. And what will it take you to come back inside that ballpark, maybe? Well, I don't, I don't have a relationship with him. Um, I was it's crazy when they were doing the combine. I was feet away from Elias, but he's very busy. Obviously, you're at the combine. He's there for a specific reason. Um, but no, I have, no one's um, reached out to me through the organization about being in the organization or you know anything. Um, I got an email from uh, Bill Stecta about uh, throwing out a first pitch, something, and. Yeah, I just got – I believe I got busy about it, but I'm not coming all the way out there to throw out a first pitch. Um, I think there's something that can be worked out, obviously. Um, the impact is great, that I was there again. It was great. Uh, the 30th, um, it was it was weird. I, and my whole thing about the whole 30th thing is why am I the only one that people are, just, like, talking singling out of, like, why I wasn't there? Like, where was Marquecas at? Where was Hardy at? Where was Weeders at? These are guys that uh, were great impacts. I don't know if B-Rob was there. Um, like where are the, where are these impactful guys that, uh, were also a part of the organization? I'm not definitely not the only one and I had help being successful there. So I don't know why I'm the only one singled out. Um, but, uh, there was a lot of guys that weren't there. Um, I talked to Andino, he said it was a great time and, um, you know, I didn't personally want to take away from what's going on with the players because they were playing they They were in the midst of just an incredible run and I didn't want to bother anybody with that. So. Just let them have it. I think that later there can be something else done. Um, but uh, that was for them. It wasn't. It wasn't about me. So that's that. We're giving another <laughs> try in five years for the thirty. Yeah, for thirty fifth. Yeah, we'll see right. if we can do it again. All right, moving on. It is time for the Adam Jones Weekly Rant. It's called Heckle D's, and it's brought to you by, yes, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. And this is where Adam chooses something every week to rant about. Today, Adam's going to vent about the connotations of Baltimore as someone, as he mentions, who travels the world in and out of Baltimore. What's the reputation, good and bad? Before we begin, though, it's brought to you by Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels has always made whiskey. We know that. And if they have their way, they always will. But there's one thing Jack can't make more of, moments. And those, those are all on us to create. So... Adam's going to create a few moments with Jack Daniels after this podcast. <laughs> Make it count, Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. Tennessee whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Distillery, of course, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels and old number seven are registered trademarks. Okay, Adam, as a world traveler, put the bottle down for just a second and talk okay. about the connotations just for a second and explain the connotations and stereotypes you've encountered with Baltimore's reputation, as you go around the world, the floor is yours. I mean, obviously, let's be honest. When I first got to Baltimore, 2008, the wire just completed. Uh, they had a nickname called Bodymore. Um, I just was living downtown. I had no idea what was really going on. I'm novice to the city. Uh, go 10 years later, 11 years later into the city, I knew where everything was. I knew where all the great food places was. I knew where the restaurants was. I knew where to stay away from. Um, living out in the county, beautiful sprawled out lands, beautiful sprawled out you know, estates and all that out there. But 
every time I, I mentioned to somebody, oh, I play for the Orioles, they're like, oh, that's cool. Like, how dangerous was it in the city? How were you scared? Were you scared walking around? I'm sitting there like, I'm scared to walk around downtown. No, not really. Uh, there's good food places here. I, I think I still think put uh, on our whole circuit. I put Baltimore up there with food. I mean, amazing food. And people always just think that it's a dangerous city. And of course, it's there's there's dangers. There's dangers. There's shootings going on. There's these young kids. I don't know what's going on with the youth. It is scary. Uh, Mr. Mr. Fugit, he, he deals with that stuff a lot. I don't know what's going on, but that's in every single city in America. San Diego, I'm looking. I love this city. I love being from San Diego. And people always, oh, what a beautiful city. Everybody mentions La Jolla Del Mar. No, things happen. There's this, we got a thing called 40 Days, 40 Nights, and it is not fun. It's not pretty, okay? So people need to stop saying, just talking about the negatives of Baltimore. Talk about the positives. Talk about the food. Talk about the history. There's so many uh, museums. Talk about the uh, Reggie... F. Lewis Museum. There's so many really good qualities about Baltimore that people, they just lose because the first thing everybody talks about the murders, murders, murders. But when they mention Chicago, they say, oh, I can hang, I can go to Chicago I, because the murders are over here. I can go to Chicago. Same as in Baltimore. Murders are over there. Go out, go to Baltimore, get some crabs. I don't mess with the crabs like that. They try to throw them on me too much, but Go to Abbey Burger. That's my spot. And uh, I just tell people, the food is bomb, and the people are really good. It's a tough city. It's a hard-nosed city. They love their sports. They love they love hard-working people, and that's why I think I fit in. I, they know I'm not better than nobody. I'm just here to, to play hard and eat alongside you. All right. Well said. That is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Drink responsibly and make it count, and Adam will. Uh, we'll make the transition from that. Heckle D's ran into our Baltimore Athlete Spotlight. It's courtesy of Varsity Sports. So each week on this podcast, folks, Adam and I are going to highlight a scholastic athlete provided by the Varsity News Network, uh, where their team of award-winning staff reporters and freelance contributors cover Maryland high school sports. And our first athlete is Calvert Hall senior midfielder, Ben Medore. Ben is a senior midi for Calvert Hall, which is the number one ranked soccer team in the Baltimore banner, Varsity Sports Network Top 15. He just had a huge week to help keep the Cardinals undefeated on a 5-1 victory over number two John Carroll. Scored twice, added a helper, also followed up that performance with a pair of goals, and the Cardinals win over Ohio powerhouse St. Ignatius last Saturday. That game was in Cleveland, and these teams are traveling all around the country right now. Medor has committed to play at Penn State next year, already has 11 goals and 13 assists this season. And congratulations, first of all, to Ben, uh, Adam. But as someone who has been watching soccer all over the world, you have an appreciation for the sport, don't you? Oh, big, big appreciation for it. And my youngest son plays it. It is so, so, so tough to play well i call it football now because that's all you you say soccer they're like oh you're american um but no it's it's a tough sport and you know it's people say it's not contact but no they're hitting each other uh that it's the footwork i I went to the game uh inter milan in barcelona literally uh last week and just watching these guys move they're so fast they're agile and then watching them practice watching the preparation that's my biggest thing when it comes to sports is watching the preparation. I want to see the kid practice. Obviously, the goals, and that's a result of all his hard work. But I'm sure in practice, he's even more of a beast because he knows he he wants to get after it. And um, like I said, I love that how we're going to highlight 
different athletes that aren't getting the major national publicity. These are guys that are local. These are guys that we need to talk about and that, uh, that I think the whole city needs to be knowing more about. Well, congratulations to Ben and Calvert Hall Soccer, our Baltimore athlete spotlight, courtesy of Varsity Sports. All right, let's travel Baltimore and beyond. Uh, each week on the podcast, we're going to talk about some of the national issues going on around the country outside of BMORE, whether it be baseball, the NFL, NBA, et cetera. This week, we're going to focus on the MLB playoffs. And as far as I know, there's one ex-Oriole still very prominently involved, and that is yep. one Manny Machado, a guy who you basically helped raise as an Oriole. Let me know if I'm missing anyone else out there, but we're down to four teams. Right. I'm trying to think of any, but no, it's – it's really just him, and uh, well, it, dude, it's it's yeah. it's so fun to see him. It's so fun to be around him right now. Like, he's the leader of that team. I remember him coming in, bright, wide old ears, and just like, hey, you know, we knew that we knew the new kid was coming. We knew it, and he brought so much energy. <clears throat> and then getting to see what he does now with these kids, uh, just leading these guys, and you know, he's doing something that's that's very special, and it's special to me too because I'm from here. I grew up watching here. And when I was at the game the other night, when they, you know, clinched against the Dodgers, I felt like a 13-year-old all over again watching the 98, uh, the 98 Padres beat the Braves and then get to the World Series. So uh, there's a lot of emotions that, you know, personally, because obviously this, uh, the city of San Diego needs this. Um, but for him, for him to be leading it is, is really fulfilling for me because I know him great and I can reach out to him at any time. And I know what he's doing for this, this community and this city is nothing but greatness. A lot of people, my friends around town, they love what he, what he brings, the energy that he brings. And away from the game also, he's very he's implemented himself, him and his wife, into the community. So it, it's just it's, it's great to see the whole the full maturation of him. And he said a couple of weeks ago, or at the All-Star break, he's like, uh, you know, I'm finally able to just go out and play baseball. I'm not worried about all these different things anymore. I'm worried about playing the game. He's 30 now. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just, it's coming full circle for him. And he's just, it's great to watch him be a leader at the end of the day. Well, he got that contract. And I know people love to bring up those 330 million reasons he has to bring oh, a yeah. championship to San Diego for sure. For sure. He also omitted Trey Mancini and that's on me. Oh, he that's yeah, big time, bro. So, yeah. Obviously two of your former teammates very much yeah. still alive and Trey's got a chance in Houston. Big time. I mean, Houston, obviously, right now, I uh, believe, are the favorites. Um, they were top three favorites going into the league, if not during the season, if not number one and two with the Dodgers. So, Boom Boom's got something to he's – got, he's got an opportunity to be in some really, really important games. Um, he didn't play any with us, in, in any big games with us, but now he has an opportunity to uh, do something special. And I know that he's excited about it. I mean, he's, I've texted him a few times, and he's just excited about being in Houston. Loves Dusty Baker, who is just one of the best human beings. And he's, a, he's surrounded by some true pros over there. Um, you got Michael Brantley, who's one of my favorite guys in the whole game of baseball. Obviously, uh, gets to play behind Verlander, who is, you know, going to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, no, it's, it's exciting that Boom Boom is, is still is still in it. And it'd be great if, uh, if it was Padres Houston and, you know, you got two guys that uh, played against each other going for a ship. And logistically, it's like two-and-a-half-hour flight opposed to going all the way to New York. Yeah, for you, it's going to be a lot easier travel. I'd be all for that. And since you mentioned your travel, you have this gig with Major League Baseball, and you're going to be traveling to the League Championship Series along with the World Series. Uh, go ahead and expand on what your role is, if you can, because I have no idea what it is. Are you just kissing babies and shaking hands? 
Hey, I am doing that to the max. I am kissing babies, shaking hands, uh, doing it all. But I'm more of more of an ambassador role. It's not something specific. Um, I'm just more of an ambassador role there to just to make sure that things are running smoothly, uh, talk to guys, and uh, just, just smile and uh, just just be a part of it, enjoy the ride. I think Major League Baseball uh, values myself and values my um, my res- the respect that a lot of other players have have, uh, have given me and shown me. I think I've earned that from a lot of guys and uh, they want to just take advantage of it. And honestly, I think it's great. I think it's, it's good to stay relevant. A lot of guys told me like, you want to retire. I know that, you know, people want to get away from the game a little bit, but you need to stay in the game and stay relevant a little bit, especially if you want to somehow down the road uh, be involved because it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. So uh, when the opportunity arose from CC Sabathia to work with uh, the commissioner side, I was like, okay, Hey, it's a great opportunity for me to do a lot of side projects. This is fun. The all-star game, um, spring training and doing, um, you know, the, the playoffs. This, this stuff is, this stuff is awesome. But the cool things is like going to Germany and watching the qualifiers on behalf of major league baseball, going and doing the, 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 all the different initiatives that they have uh, throughout the, throughout the Americas and throughout the world. They have a, they have a uh, MLB Europe uh, group. So I'm just going to be, just trying to submerge myself in, in different different parts and just try to help the game grow. I'm not uh, here to, to you know, try and reinvent the wheel. I'm just here to offer a little bit of the expertise that I have that the big dogs pass down to me. It's my turn to pass down that information to the next uh, next kettle. All right, Ambassador, Ambassador Adam Jones. from That's pretty much what it is, yeah. Exactly. All right, a quick mention. Typically at this time, each week on the podcast, we will have a featured guest. We decided to go without a guest this week because we had so much to get off our chest. And uh, I know you're working on our first guest for our first episode. Have you secured that person just yet? I have secured him. It will be another than Mr. Tory Smith. Really? Yes. So we will be able to talk about the Ravens. Obviously, his expertise in that is it supersedes minds by such such amount. Super Bowl winning team ten years ago. Exactly. So it, it'll be good to to talk football with him on his terms. And, and you know, because generally when we speak, we speak about baseball. So it'd be good to to interview him on football and, you know, what's what he sees because he sees the game a lot differently than me and you, Jerry, okay? Let's be honest. He sees it way differently than me and you. You see the game. I don't know how you even see the game. <laughs> uh, sometimes <laughs> with one eye closed. But that'll transition into what could be my favorite portion of this podcast it's the jerry versus jones debate not to be confused with the cowboys owner uh we won't even mention his name but each week adam and i we come from different perspectives me as a member of the media adam actually played the game i just talk about it uh eat hot dogs and drink free cokes in the press box but we will get a little heated at times and this is where we bring in the judge himself, Reggie Fugit, he will be the arbiter and render. Hear ye, hear ye. Reel it in, guys. We're going to have to reel it in. All right. We're going to have a so, civil debate here, civil debate. Very civil. And we've decided as our topic du jour this week, uh, it's still a topic all around Baltimore, and that's Lamar Jackson's contract. We're going to debate whether or not he should have signed that contract and gotten it done or keep the gamble going. And I'm just going to open and say that right now he isn't doing too much to help his cause. Uh, He got off to a a pretty decent start 
last couple of games. I think he's regressed. If he wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League, he's got to cut down on the turnovers. And right now, I would say by his standards, he's having a slightly above average year, especially in the first three quarters. He's been outstanding, but it's a four quarter game and almost half of their drives in the fourth quarter already this year have ended with Lamar turning the ball over. I mean, he's got four interceptions. He's got a fumble. Uh, he had only a half dozen fourth quarter interceptions in his first four seasons. So I wonder if he's feeling the pressure on the fact that he's gambling on himself. He's got his lowest completion percentage and lowest yards per pass attempt since his rookie year. Again, it's only six games, but if we judge off this small sample size, he's not helping his cause. And this is where I think an agent would have helped. I understand where veterans like Richard Sherman, Grant Hill in the NBA would hire lawyers or just negotiate the contracts themselves. I think that's a very savvy move. I don't think that's a smart move for your first ever contract, Adam. I think with this, we go with the contract. I believe that he knows and he has a team around him that knows that the TV deal is coming up. And when the TV deal comes up, that means what? Money has to be flown out more. So for him to take 40 million guaranteed right now a year would probably leave 15, potentially 10 to 15 million on the table. And I believe he knows that. So the whole contract thing that I, I believe it's, I believe it's TV money that, uh, that, that they're paying attention to. And, you know, we were talking about this just personally, uh, after week two, and, and we kept going back and forth like, damn, oh, he's back to get, he's, bet, he's, he's betting on himself. We love it. I'm going to say that he's doing an Aaron Judge this year. Um, he's, Aaron Judge started out a little slow, and then, bam, we're talking about him. He's betting on himself, and then obviously getting get to 62. Um, Lamar, just, I mean, still in first place. They need to just get in the playoffs, and they need to dominate the playoffs. They need to win. They need to at least get to the NFC or the AFC championship game because – Obviously, getting to the playoffs in in Baltimore and winning in the in the playoffs is of utmost is is expected. You know, it's not just oh we we're having a good record. No, Baltimore expectations is to get to the playoffs and to win actually in the playoffs. So that's going to be obviously biggest thing uh, for him to feel the pressure. Um, I don't think he probably does because there's no need for him to there's no need for him to pressure. He's got the the tag for next year um, for two years. Honestly, I just think that he needs to get his guys healthy when he, when he had all his guys healthy, he was delivering good balls. They were catching them. Now, like we talked earlier, when you don't have your, your guys that you've been training camp, your, your first team, now you're switching to the second and third team again, next guy up mentality, but the routes is different. The cuts are different. The timing is different. And you can see with some of the throws that it's the, the timing is different. The, I mean, the only time the timing ain't different is when it's hitting Andrews. So um, I just think they get, they got to get the guys back healthy. And relieve a little bit of pressure from him, uh, and, and I think that when you, if you get Bateman back, uh, he'll, I think he'll be right back there putting up them good numbers. Well, the last Ravens quarterback that gambled on himself was Joe Flacco, and he won a mm -hmm. Super Bowl. And you talked about the postseason. Lamar is great in the regular season; he's had his struggles this year, but he will be evaluated by what he does and accomplishes in the postseason. And so 100%. far, not a great record in the postseason. That needs to improve, I think, if he really wants that big-time contract, although I don't think he's getting to Sean Watson money. I just think that was a stupid contract by the Browns. Same with Kyler Murray in Arizona. And the Ravens have smarter ownership and a smarter front office. Yeah, Adam, but at the same rebuttal. time, they're still going to get paid. We gotta they're reel still going to get paid more than both of them. we got to reel right, it Jack. in. 
Look, so we, we got to keep this thing civil. You guys going back and forth. I don't, I'm starting to lose uh, faith in that you guys are on different sides. It's just a bunch of love going back and forth here. I, I need, I need true <laughs> debate. Get an agent. Look, Get an agent. There you go. Are, there you go. You've lost millions already. That's my point. He has You're not, not doing you any lie, major you want to say, No, he ain't, he don't want to give no money to the man. He wants to keep okay. it. He wants to keep it. Okay. Adam rebuttal. Like rebuttal. Hire, hire a black agent. So you ain't gotta give no money to the man. <laughs> Keep the family out of it. Hire a professional for your first contract. That's my point. Okay. And with that, he has crossed himself endorsements. All right, guys. Well, that was a great. But he doesn't debate. want to do endorsements. The same with Mike Trout. Mike Trout doesn't want to do endorsements. If the only thing Mike Trout wants to do is bass proficient endorsements. Mike Trout's some making people, 400 million dollars. He doesn't right, need something. Some people don't like to do endorsements. Some people don't want to be like Justin Tucker and selling chicken. Some people don't want to do that. I turn down. I don't want to sell no chicken. I can't right. sell no chicken at all. Here we go. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I love. I love that. Win, all right. So, the judge, first of all, is uh, making opinions of their of his own. Doesn't represent anything but the Adam Jones podcast. This is not a legal verdict. You're up. So, <laughs> one might say it could be biased. But today, the judge Lawyer. will come down. And just to give a little recap, Jerry comes in hot with, uh, you know, the side of not uh, the side of he needs an agent. Right. We we start off the season. It's still early. Um, and then he gets into um, he gets into a little, you know, Joe Flacco example and how Deshaun Watson's money. He's not going to see Deshaun's Watson. And then Adam jumps in and says, hey, Lamar is going to be Aaron Judge and. He's going to bet on himself. It's still early. We're in, still in first place. He doesn't need an agent. Um, however, I do. I am going to side with Jerry on this one. Jerry is going to win the verdict. He had a little nugget about uh, players hiring their lawyers. Um, but at this time, we don't really know what's going through Lamar's head. We also know that he's not going to make a deal during the season this year. So we will find out who is right in this debate at the end of the year if 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 Lamar does get, you know, Sean, if he gets guaranteed money like he wants, then we will know who the true winner is. But thank you guys for that debate. I love this. Uh, I think we're going to be debating a lot more interesting topics and, and definitely get a little spicy moving forward. Oh, yeah. It'll get a lot more heated and probably some cursing involved as well. We're able to do that mm. in this format and platform. All right. So last, if I have Jack. <laughs> last segment is uh, – we wrap up the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. Again, everyone head to thebaltimorebanner.com and subscribe. But our last segment is Socially Speaking, and this is where we answer a social media post. We are on Twitter now, folks. The podcast has arrived on Twitter at Adam Jones Pod, at Adam Jones POD. We even have opened reluctantly our DMs. So, um, they're not allowing me to block anyone who calls me a clown, and a lot of you are out there. You know, before we got started, Adam goes, man, you've got a lot of haters out there. And I said, you know, when you have strong opinions like me, you're going to have your share of haters. I can live with it. I can also block them on social media. But we're not going to do it at Adam Jones Pod. And Adam, we got a ton of reaction when the Baltimore Banner announced the podcast last week. And there yeah. was one cheat tweet that I didn't cheat on, a tweet that I chose to read. Uh, it is for you. It's from a gentleman named Marcus Hall. He is on Twitter at B, and I love the underscores, Fianchato. And it goes like this. Hey, Adam, how can I purchase an Oryx Buffaloes jersey? 
How does one obtain an Oryx Buffaloes jersey, and who the heck are the Oryx Buffaloes? <laughs> so Oryx Buffaloes, Oryx Buffaloes, obviously the team I played for in Japan, the team that Ichiro came over. He was the Blue Waves at the time. Uh, but to, to purchase the jersey, I've seen some people in the United States in them. People have tweeted me in, from Camden Yards in an Oryx jersey. I don't know how you get them because I had to ask them, can I get these? I, had to, I ordered like 15 and I had to send them to my family because – like, they can't just go online and get them. The Oryx team would not ship them out to the United States. I don't know why. That's easy money. I mean, yeah. um, but it's really hard to get them jerseys. And for the people that have fought through and got it, I love it and I appreciate it because it's a very hard jersey to get. And uh, it was just – it marks a, a great period of time in my life. And uh, going over in Japan and living in Japan, submersing myself in a whole new culture – and it taught me a lot that it humbled me being a spoiled major leaguer, go over there and the accommodations aren't the same. It's not the four seasons. And I've stayed at a hotel that legitly said two seasons. And uh, it was, uh, it was a very humbling experience. So something I myself and my family will definitely cherish forever. Well, a shout out to all our listeners and viewers in Japan and they are out there. We know that we want to thank you for watching. Thank you for viewing. Thanks to our sponsors, Jack Daniels, lots of ways to make whiskey. Only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count, Jack, Dan Jack Daniels. Please, folks, drink responsibly. Also, thanks to our friends at Be More Around Town. Remember, they have the ultimate, inclusive, all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home game, including the Browns game coming up. Jacoby Jones in the house, hosting open bar, great food. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com for all the details. Adam has been on some of those trips. He can vouch for it. And also- Amazing. They, they really are. And also G-Leaf Medical Marijuana Dispensary, gleaf.com, free home delivery in Maryland and Virginia for orders over $100 or more. Two great locations in Frederick and Rockville, gleaf.com. Want to thank our executive producer, Chip Franklin, putting this whole episode together behind the scenes. Go out and subscribe to the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com, folks. Reach us on social media at Adam Jones Pod. Again, the DMs are open, but we're out. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Avi Whatever that means.